I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What on the wait on the Lord be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Thank you for your patience. from Psalms 34, 11 through 15. Come, children of God, and listen to me. I'll share the lesson I've learned of fearing the Lord. <clears throat> Do you want to live a long, good life, enjoying the beauty that fills each day? Then never speak a lie or allow wicked words to come out of your mouth. Keep turning your back on every sin and make peace your life motto. Practice being at peace with everyone. The Lord sees all we do. He watches over his friends day and night. The godly ones receive the answers they seek whenever they cry out to him. This is Psalms 19, 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, much more fine, but yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. This is Psalms. 11824 This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
first corinthians two says for who has known the mind of the board that he will instruct him but we have the mind of christ i think about us getting back to the basics because what paul says in first corinthians two um whatever it is here first corinthians two two or two one and when i came to you brethren i did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my message and my preaching were not in pervasive words of wisdom persuasive words of wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power thank you Dorothy for sharing Psalm 27 with us so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but on the power of God But just as it is written, that's going down to verse 9, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Lift him up, lift him up, endless praises to our God. Full of grace, full of love, and he's reigning over us. to 
so shall he do also and greater works greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father and whatever you ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask me anything in my name I will do it So just uh, continuing with Holy Spirit thread here, 
Um, Holy Spirit reminded me of a, of a word actually that Pastor Renee released a while back. It was uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. And then I heard just now, be bold in the ask. Be bold in the ask. Ask for the task. Thank you, Father. Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, Jesus, made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross and by the resurrection. First Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. This is in 
2 Timothy 3 starts with verse 16 and goes over to 4, chapter 5. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. And there's an exclamation point behind that in my Bible. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry.
nothing above you, nothing, and we get to partner with you. What an honor, what an honor, what an honor. honor to worship you, to adore you, for you have so blessed us with your presence, your love, your mercy. We can only love you because you first loved us. We acknowledge that we are your servants, O God. It pleases us to serve you.
May your will be done in us and through us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in our hearts and in this place, in this city and state, and in this nation. take a few more moments here and just focus our attention on him not world events not what's going on circumstances but just him how big he is his glory his might his power the Lord laughs at the strategies and schemes of the wicked ones Sometimes things happen that I don't understand. Sometimes God, I can really feel him calling me to pray. But it may not necessarily be about anything in particular. And so I'm like, well, I don't understand. (laughs) What do you want me to pray? And I pray in the spirit. And then there are other times that I just feel like he's calling me to get on my face before him 
because he wants to do a work in me. And I'm really a little nervous right now. I've never stepped out and done anything like this. But he gave me a song. And if you know it, you can sing it with me. And sometimes this is the only thing that can get me through the day when I'm having those kind of days. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Thee I freely give. I will ever love and trust Thee in Your presence. So I had this picture <clears throat> came to me of um, the back of a man, a shirtless man, and uh, I just knew he was getting ready for a chiropractic adjustment. And I heard um, the words alignment and joints and ligaments come into alignment. And then the Lord led me to this passage in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being, and this, this is the key part of this verse uh, from the picture I saw of a chiropractic adjustment, the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Is that absolutely beautiful? That God does not dwell in buildings anymore, but he, build, he dwells in the human heart. And we're living stones that he brings together and fits us together perfectly so he can dwell among us. I mean, there's nothing greater than that, really. The presence of God being in and surrounded by the presence of God on an individual basis, but also collectively with other sons and daughters of God. 
And what was impressed also when I saw this, and how many of you ever had a chiropractic adjustment? Probably a lot of you, yeah, just almost every one of you. You, you have to voluntarily participate. You, you can't be driving down the street and get a chiropractic adjustment. You, you might get one, but it won't be an accurate adjustment. You have to cooperate. You have to lay as still as you can and take the breaths and allow the master chiropractor to perform adjustments. I was overwhelmed with that participation today. Because God just doesn't come and do it. You know, I wish he just came and did it. Like when I'm at sleep, just, he just comes and gives me wisdom and revelation and make all the adjustments in my life and then I wake up the next day and it's, I'm good, I'm ready to go. But he doesn't do that. It's day by day and it's hands on and he wants our cooperation and our participation in our own sanctification and discipleship process. And as he's conforming us to Christ's likeness and sometimes it's painful. I, I've had some painful chiropractic adjustments before. Has anybody... I've left sometimes thinking, my God, I feel worse than when I came. Especially those old school chiropractors that breathed hard and they were, <laughs> and just like, let me have that neck, boy. Oh, what happened? Oh. You're no longer a stranger, an alien, but you're a fellow citizen with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, everything lining up to the cornerstone. The whole building is being chiseled and formed, fitted together. Not like we would desire, but like he desires. That, that means he puts you with people you may not necessarily choose to be with. <laughs> Um, I'll get sidetracked if I say being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. Beautiful. Amen. Y'all awake today. You're good. Having fun, enjoying this day that the Lord has made this hour, this season that we are privileged to be alive during this time. Amen. Hey, I keep forgetting to mention this. I don't know if you've looked uh, at all, but um, we, we post our finances on the bulletin board every month and keep that updated. Um, you're free to uh, look at it, obviously, even if you want a copy of it. We'll make you a copy of it. We try to keep it as much transparent as we possibly can. So uh, that's updated up there. We do it monthly, and right now what you'll see is some red negative numbers, but don't be concerned. We have money in the bank. That's just what we, what's happened over the last couple months, so it doesn't take into account what we have. Um, does that make sense kind of thing? So we are, we are fine. The Lord has been so good to this congregation. 
that's been, you know, for, because this is an amazing, large, uh, you know, group, um, but we're small in number, but God has just done amazing things. I mean, to have our building paid off two years before it was due, and um, we haven't had that debt for quite a few years now, and um, be able to finance language projects at $35,000 a piece, three of them. Um, it's just been amazing. Some of the, we've bought a house before and gave it away. We bought another house and used it for transition. And so, I mean, we've done a lot of stuff, cars, vehicles, a lot of stuff for a, a smaller congregation. Yeah, missions, trips, and, and, and just all kinds of, of amazing things. So anyway, I just wanted to remind everybody, I keep forgetting to do that, that that's out there on the bulletin board. Um, for you to, 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 and you can ask questions too if you don't understand something or whatever. Also, uh, you know, the VAERS reports about the COVID shots, I've been keeping that updated every week too. So that's out there on the table and all of the uh, side effects, the adverse reactions to the COVID shots. And it's on the piece of paper, but just remember that 1% or less is actually being reported and the numbers are pretty big even at that. So that's out there as well. As you hear about some Iranian-made missiles that hit our army base in Iraq, anybody? No. Been about a dozen of them uh, that's hit our, our, uh, our army base there in, in Iraq. We have a new We the People group that is beginning in independence. It's starting Tuesday night right here in this room at 7 o'clock. Everybody's welcome. To come. Um, I know Colleen Huff is going to be here. We got Mike Steinmeier is going to be here. He's the write in candidate for independence. Uh, myself, Preston Smith, Aaron McMullen, a few other candidates are going to be here. So this is our launching of this, uh, this new group. And um, uh, we're excited about that to, to kind of coalesce some people and get some conservatives together. Uh, I really do believe this that if we had something like this in independence, we, we could have pushed Colleen over the finish line. Uh, and we, we need to get behind some of these strong conservatives and, and uh, get them in office. Did you have something? It's going to be once a month, uh, so it'll be the, the um, third Tuesday of every month. And, but, and then, so this next Tuesday is our first one. I've got a bunch of little announcement things, just some ideas and stuff. They're in no particular order. Um, Two years ago, uh, when all of this started, I, I mentioned this two or three times. One of it was in a writing that I posted about this, um, and it was about this virus, but I, the comment I made was, if you think this is bad, it's nothing compared to what's coming. And so, uh, and I've also mentioned, you know, we're in election year. It's, this is going to be a very turbulent year. The Lord's been reminding me this nearly every week that this year we're going to see some really crazy things. We're going to go through it. We're not going to be stifled by it because we're going to be prepared by the Lord. We're going to hear what he has to say, and then we're going to be obedient on an individual basis and a, and a, and a body. The Lord is, he always prepares his people if we're listening and prepares for what's coming so we can, we can take the right measures and do what we need to do. And so with everything that's going on, and it's, it's a lot, right? There's a lot being thrown at us. Um, I would just say this, and it's, what, I, what I'm about to say is not for the purpose of any type of fear uh, at all, but in preparation. And if you don't already, 
and, and if, I know it's hard sometimes, but you need to have some food stored up, okay? You always need to be ready for any kind of emergency. Um, I, and I'm not an expert in this, but I'm just going to tell you what I feel like the Lord has said to me, that I need to have three to six months worth of food, okay? So I'm just, just saying that. Uh, I don't want anybody to be, I know some of you probably are, are well stocked, Food is getting more scarce. Um, things are, are, are getting hard, and it's getting more and more expensive out there. I want to say this, too, about, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about wealth if we pay attention. There are certain things in the Scripture that God says is wealthy. You're wealthy if you have this. I'm not going to tell you what they are. You probably already know some. But you need to know what God says is actually wealth. Okay, because our paper money is not wealth. It, it's never been wealth. It's not wealth in the kingdom. It's not wealth scripturally. Fiat currency is not wealth. But there are things in scripture that God says is wealth. One of the most wealthy things you can have is having an intimate relationship with the Lord and trust him. Amen. That's the most important thing. But there are some things God speaks of all through the Bible that when people have that, he calls them wealthy. Know what that is. So we've had COVID, and COVID's kind of like, where's that at anymore? And now it's war talk, right? All war and shortages and, all of, and price increases. And uh, Biden has signed a, a, an executive order now uh, that's opening the door for digital currency to come into uh, existence. It's been in the works for some time. Uh, digital currency is going to be promoted to be this wonderful, greatest thing ever. And quite honestly, I love technology. I mean, I got it on my watch. I just go, bam, and I can pay for something. I love that. Uh, but digital currency is only the first step into total digital ID. Once our currency is digital then you're tracked with every purchase, everything that you do. It's already being tracked when you do it digitally now by credit card. So it's a, it's a gradual next step, and we're, they're moving us into a complete digital ID. Okay? So we can be controlled that way on everything that you buy. We need to be aware of this, and you need to know what is God saying to you about it, because it's... We're headed there, okay? Is this all right? All right. So uh, a few months ago, and, and I, I kind of started to get into this message. We talked a lot about light, salt, and light, but mainly light. Because one of the things the Lord spoke to me among many was he didn't want us just to survive these times. He wants us to thrive. And to be the light that people are going to be attracted to for his glory. Not just, not just so we have more food to eat or we can pay our bills, which the, all of that's important. But ultimately, so people would be attracted to the light that we're living. And what is light, by the way, that we've talked about? What is the light? that we? Because that, Jesus said, I'm the light, and then he called us, you are the light. What is that? Holy Spirit through us, blood, 
It's, it's Zoe life, what we spe- specifically talked about. It is the Zoe life because it's the light life. Remember that scripture we talked about? The light life is the way the scripture talks about it. So the Zoe life, which is the life of God in us, is our light. It is Christ's light. Now, Zoe, and I'll get into this a little bit more today probably, but it's a lot larger than just life or God's life. There's a lot of facets to Zoe life. Okay, but Zoe life, having that life, that's what's restored to us when we're born again, and that is our, li- our light. Our light is not just wearing Christian t-shirts, grabbing a mic and preaching at lunch at a workplace and telling people. That's not... Light is the quality of life we're living that's attractive. That people see it, they know we're different, and they're attracted to us. We must learn to live in that Zoe life, earning the right to use words to speak to people. Because it's our life that backs up the words that we speak. And too many Christians think it's the words we speak, it doesn't matter about my life, and that's not true at all. Our lifestyle should validate the words that we use, the words that we speak. I want to remind you of this. Absolutely nothing is as it appears. Nothing. You remember the dream I had about the ship sinking? And I, I, was, I had a life jacket on, and I was in the water watching this. I apparently was just on this boat, and it was sinking into the water. And the Lord came, and he said, it's not what it appears to be. And that was several years ago. And so it's been a guiding word that the Lord's given me that nothing is as it appears. We have to have discernment. We, we're, we're going to be led astray if we don't have discernment in this hour. Because there's too many wolves in sheep's clothing. There's too many people that are saying they're this and that. And they've got all, there's all kinds of good stuff being said, but it, it's, it's not all true. And it's not all accurate. And we, we have to have discernment. I'm not talking about suspicion. Suspicion is not discernment. King Saul looked on David with suspicion, the Bible says. Not with discernment. He looked on with suspicion, and then he was wanting to kill him. I'm talking about discernment where the Holy Spirit just quickens things that we just know by the Spirit what we're hearing, what we're seeing, whether it's true or whether it's from the Lord or or not, or what spirit it is of. DuckDuckGo has been a good um, uh, alternative to Google for uh, doing searches, but DuckDuckGo has now fallen into the whole wokeness and they're starting to uh, rein in freedom of speech as well. Just want to make you aware of that. It's come out this week. The Biden administration has paid, made direct payments to nearly every mainstream media outlet, including Fox News. They've spent a billion dollars to tailor the message on vaccines. And if you watch Fox News, you'll notice there's hardly any talk about the vaccine. There is a little, but there's hardly anything. And, and your tax dollars, my tax dollars, a billion dollars have went to mainstream media outlets to pay for this. To tailor. We are living in a communist governmental system right now, if we're not aware of it. It's the, uh, Biden's cabinet is all commies. They're all communists. Uh, 
Kamala Harris is a communist. She grew up that they're they're all communists. That's that's just the reality of it. That's just the facts of it. It might sound extremist, uh, but it's true, and you can verify it. You can do your own research. And so everything that's coming is very Marxist and very communistic in nature. That's coming from this this illegitimate government. Here's another one. If you haven't heard, might shock you. So you need to sit down for this. Okay, I'm going to give you a second to sit down. All right. How many of you know what, who the ACU is? Yeah. Uh, the CPAC, you know, the, what we just happened a, a, a week or two ago, CPAC, Match Lap, leads CPAC and the ACU. Was it American Conservative Union is what it stands for? Well, this came out too. He took some dark money up to six figures, dark money from the Soros. Matt Schlapp and ACU, which is a American conservative union, they're the ones that put on the CPAC every year. President Trump just spoke at CPAC. They're the ones that are behind that. Well, Matt Schlapp and that organization just took some dark money from Soros, uh, six figures worth. I'm telling you, just about everything and everybody is falling to this garbage. It's, nothing's as it seems. Uh, he's even put out, if you follow, if you even go to Matt Schlapp's Twitter, I don't know if he's taken it down, but he's put out some stuff that is qu- very questionable. He, I know he had some support for that guy, that guy that thinks he's a girl that's playing in, in girl sports. Just be aware, folks, it's, it's getting crazier and crazier by each and every day. And the issues are immense, and there's no human answer to our issues. We are going to have to have strategies from the Lord, and we're going to have to have men and women that can hear from the Lord in key places, just like God put Joseph, like God put David, not perfect men, but godly men and women in certain places to turn this thing around. And obviously, you all know about election integrity. We don't have election integrity this year. We're toasted. But thank God, we're not of this world, and we live in a whole other kingdom. We serve another king. Amen. All right, let's do a little review. What is Zoe? The life of God. Anything else? I mean, that kind of sums it up, but there's a lot to it. What is Light. Now, these two we already talked about just a few minutes ago. So, Light is the outward shining of that Zoe life. It's walking in Zoe life is the light that we shine. It's not our good looks. It's not our fancy clothes. It's not our big bank accounts or lack thereof. It's not our big buildings. It's the Zoe life that we're walking in, that we're living in on the inside. Zoe life can only come from God. There's no other way to walk in Zoe life except from God. And when you're born again, he breathes that life back into us. That is the life that Adam lost in the garden that caused physical death. When God says, in that day you eat the fruit, you're going to die, it was, you're going to lose Zoe. You're going to lose my life. The life of God in you, you are going to lose. And that's really what I'm, where, where we're talking about because that has effect on everything about our being. It, it, it affects the way we communicate with God, how we hear from God. It affects everything. 
And when we are born again, we get a brand new spirit. God breathes that Zoe life into us. But our bodies and our souls, even though our soul is linked with our spirit, it is affected, but it's not changed. And it's within the soul that we have woundings, heart woundings, we have, uh, where, where we have uh, belief systems, because our soul is what? Our mind, will, and emotions. It's where things get trapped. It is where uh, things, it, we, we, our soul needs to be cleansed. It needs to be, tra- the way our thinking needs to be retrained. That's why in Romans 12, 1, it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way you think. See, changing the way we think changes the way we speak, and it changes the way we act. I liken it to when you get born again, you get a brand new computer, right? The, 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 the spirit. But we still have corrupt files that need to be taken care of. And so it's within the soul that darkness can reside. Darkness is what? Darkness is habitation for demonic activity. It is where all of our wounds and family curses and you name it get trapped there and they affect our emotions. They get trapped in this soul, the way we think, the way we relate. It hinders people from really uh, receiving the fullness of God. There's so many aspects to it, and I'm not going to get into all of it, but there's so many aspects. But God wants us to be healed in our soul. Matter of fact, it, it, with even in the soul, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of Christianity, if I could put it that way, functions out of the soul more than it does the spirit. You can be a great teacher and teach out of the soul. And that's all you're passing is... Is it... There's a hum over there. You just... Because you can, you can go to a history class or any kind of you know, adult education and somebody can teach you certain things. And that's soulish. There's not doesn't mean there's, some, there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But in the kingdom, it can't be soulish. It has to affect our soul. So here's Adam. When Adam was uh, created, he was made from dust of the ground. But he wasn't alive yet. He wasn't animated yet. Not until God breathed his breath into his nostrils. So it's the the breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God went into Adam the man. Within that was everything, all of God's DNA. Because he was made how? In his image, according to his likeness. There's no other creature that this happened to. There's nothing in Scripture that says God breathes his life into the giraffe or into the dog, although I think it might be possible in my case with my dog. But but he did this with man, and he breathed all everything into man that was in him. That's a hard concept for a lot of people. Because where did the wind come from? His internal parts. And it went into the internal parts of man. So Adam is is spirit, soul, and body. He's not just spirit. This is something we too we I think we because I was taught we are spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body. Almost like the other two really aren't that important. Anybody else taught like that before, you know, early on? No, they're all important. Spirit, soul, and body. 
You are not you without your body. You are not you without your soul. You are not you without your spirit. You are you with spirit, soul, and body. Look at this passage. Just look at one. (laughs) Pick one. Yes, 1 Thessalonians. Thank you, Dale. It it should not be confused with 3 Thessalonians. First, but first. And I am... Way off here. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself uh, sanctify you entirely. Let me just, I'll read it and then we'll go and look at all the words here. So may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit soul, and body be preserved, complete. You hearing this? Not just your spirit, not just your soul, not just your spirit and soul. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, complete. Receive that even for physical healing too, by the way. That's just a side point. Without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, may the God of peace. Now, isn't it interesting? You see this phrase, God is is called the God of peace in several passages. But in this context, it says it's the God of peace. I wonder why. Because he's the Prince of Peace. You know what the word peace also means? Harmony. Harmony. When God creates something, he doesn't create it in disharmony. He always creates it in harmony, meaning it functions and flows together, not separate. Together. It is this God of harmony, the God of peace. When he created us, he created spirit, soul, and body to function in harmony, to flow together. And he says, you are to be sanctified in spirit, soul, and body. That you are sanctified entirely and complete. All the way until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man. So it's the God of peace, the God of harmony. May he sanctify you. What's that word sanctify mean? To set apart. Anything else? Because it's set apart for what? For, For the trash man? Set apart to do what? Or to sit there? Set apart to pray? Set apart to go to church? Yes. To be set apart for his holy purposes. For holiness, for righteousness. And we can can keep adding because you're set apart to what? To do the will of God in the earth. To be his hands and his feet. To speak for him. To do for him. To partner with him. To accomplish his will on the earth. To be sanctified, set apart for his holy purposes. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved. What does that word preserved mean? Completely flawless. Awesome. Not subject to decay. Oh, that's a good one. 
You know, when you look up this word in the Greek, here's a couple words that it means. It means to be watched over and guarded. Preserved. Do you know what the word sozo means? The Greek word sozo? S-O-Z-O. Fully saved. I'm glad you said that, Nola, instead of just saved. It's fully saved. There's an there's a, a um, I'm just not good with English and words, but um, there's a, a sense of the word, the, a concept within this word that means safely carried through to the end. It's not just, uh, you know, if, if, if I have a disease in my body, I need, my bo- I need salvation. I need to be saved from that disease. When I receive healing, I'm saved. I can use that word. We don't necessarily use that English word for that. But, but that's a one time and it's over. But our lives, when we come to Christ, we need to be carried safely through to the very end. Jesus talks about this all the time. He, he specifically mentions it in the seven letters of Revelation. So there's that sense that we are being carried through to the end. So in a storm, like in Noah's Ark, they were receiving salvation for those 40 days. They were being carried safely through the flood to the very end. That's salvation. That's sozo, being in that place. What we've done in Christianity, oh yeah, I received Christ, so I'm saved. Boom, it's a one thing, I'm saved. No, the, the sense of the word has it, we're being carried day by day, moment by moment even, safely to the very end. Oh, that's so beautiful. Exactly, not just a surface, and that's, that's where we're going with the whole soul, is going to the root You see, any sin we commit is not the problem. That's a symptom. You know, if I have a drinking problem, that's not not the sin. that, That sin is only a symptom to a deeper issue. And, And the world has an answer. I'm not sure why I always have that. This is off. I kind of favor that side, so... Um... This side's a little scary. You're a little scary over here, just a little scary. So, uh, I lost my train of thought. That's all right. <laughs> go, go into the root, uh, the natural, the... See, most of, of everything out in the world deals with symptoms. Uh, even, even worldly counseling, worldly psychology... Uh, drugs you deal with symptoms to make us feel better so we can tolerate and we can continue to function as a human. But, but the Lord doesn't do that. You know that. He goes to the root of it. And sometimes it's painful. Yes. Because he wants to deal with the root of it. The root issue. And what was the root issue really? with the sin of man. It's the heart of man. 
The heart is wicked above all else. Why? Because man turned their back on God, rejected God, lost Zoe. So Jesus has to come, had to come back, sacrifice his life, blood be spilled, so we can return where? Back into, not, not to identify with Adam anymore. This is another error of Christianity. We're, we're, not, we're not returning to the garden. We are now to identify in Christ with the firstborn. And so he came so we can have life. Isn't that what he said? I came that you can have Zoe, and that Zoe much more abundantly. That's what he came to restore to us, to give back, because that's what was lost in the garden, was Zoe. The loss of Zoe has an eventual manifestation of physical death. That's the only enemy God left, was death. Now, this is just my opinion, all right? I want you to know this is my opinion, what I'm about to say. I personally believe he left that for at least one reason. Now, he could have other reasons, and he usually has more than one on just about everything he does. As a, and, and the aging process is the death process. Our hair turning gray, falling out, wrinkles on our face. I pers- this is my opinion, that he left it there to be a constant reminder of the effect of sin on the human body and condition. That we would understand that, that sin, the corrupt nature it has. We, ha- we should come to a place where we just a- absolutely hate sin and stop dabbling. It got quiet. I'll stop dabbling. Verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace and harmony himself sanctify you entirely. God always does a complete work. He doesn't do a partial work. Hello. God always does a complete work. He never does a partial work. If a partial work happened, fill in the blank. Because God never does a partial work. May he sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, watched over, and guarded, complete, without blame, at the coming of the Lord Jesus. Is that just powerful? Meditate on that this week. That is such a powerful passage that God wants us to be sanctified in all parts, working in harmony. You know, it's like, um, I don't know what you think about this, don't really care to be honest, but um, when Jesus said in Matthew 28, I want you to baptize, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is how we are created in the image of God. So each part of our being relates to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. They relate that way because of the image. And God's into pictures and typology and to help us to understand things much better. That's why he created our minds. Our minds see in pictures. That's image. That's where we get the word imagination or image nation. A nation of images. That we get these pictures. That's how God created us. And so the scripture and even Hebrew is, is pictures. 
to help us to understand what he's communicating to us. And so Holy Spirit, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relate perfectly to our being. And Jesus says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Holy, the Father and, and Son and Holy Spirit. And and I was taught, and most of the churches does this when we water baptize, because when we think of baptism, we always think of water baptism for the most part. And those who are, you know, believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, they'll add that to it as well. But we typically, as as a as a Christianity, when you mention baptism, excuse me, baptism, we think of water baptism for forgiveness of sin. And and when I water baptized people for years, I would baptize them, and you've probably seen this or did it yourself, we would baptize them and say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and come back up until the Lord revealed something to me I've never seen before. And it, and it fits perfectly with 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he wants us to be sanctified in all three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And the thing the Lord spoke to me was, I don't want you to water baptize in all three of those, I want you to be baptized in all three in other words jesus is saying you go and baptize people in the father you baptize people in the son and you baptize people in the holy spirit the word baptism just means immersed it doesn't mean water matter of fact the word baptism doesn't have water as a reference at all we've done that because we focused on water baptism so much it caused me to do this is a whole sidetrack thing and oh my uh, but what it did when the Lord spoke that to me is I did, a, I did a search myself, a study on the word baptism, and it's fascinating when you study baptism in Scripture. Because every time they're talking about water baptism, there'll be a reference to Jesus or water. But there's other types of baptisms because the word just means to be immersed in. And what the church is focused on is to be immersed in Jesus. But they've left out, a lot of them have left out the Holy Spirit. And most have left out the Father. Which Jesus said, I'm not the end here. I'm the door to the Father. You have to come through me, but I'm not the end. You don't stay here. We're going to dad. That, That was his words. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to to fully disciple somebody. You must disciple them, fully immerse them in the Father, and immerse them in the Son, and immerse them in the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, they're not fully discipled. And we wonder why we have the issues that we have today. And then you take first, uh, is this too much? First Thessalonians chapter 5, 23, what does God want? All three of our parts preserved complete, sanctified complete. How does that happen? By being baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Immersed in. That's enough for today. (laughs) Sure. Yes. Would I be accurate in saying then that the false piece, the counterfeit, is an emotion? It's more of a feeling of peace? Is that, I'm not wanting to put words into your mouth, is that? 
Yeah. Excellent. Very good. Yeah, I mentioned that. I think I don't remember when, but yeah, to take those symbols. Yep. 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 Just to stay on that peace thing again, um, if you haven't noticed already, I have a lot of pet peeves in Christianity. I just do. I have a lot of them. Um, and I don't know if that's really the right term. I, um, there's a lot of these little things we have said and made doctrine out of that just aren't biblical. And they've sidetracked us, I believe. And one of those, speaking of peace, because I was taught this, and I still hear it from time to time, is when we're trying to hear what God is saying to us, people will say, well, I have peace about it. You know what I mean? Where in the scripture does it say that you're supposed to have peace about it to validate what God's saying? And see, what does that actually mean anyway? Because to me, it means you had some kind of feeling, some kind of an emotional reaction to it. And, and it had to be a good one, right? It had to be a calm somehow you would define it as peace. To then validate what God just said, it was from God. Well, I'm sure I know some of you, and, and, and this is true with me, there's been several things he said in my life that did everything but give me peace. I didn't want to be a youth pastor. I was in turmoil. I never wanted to start a church and be a pastor. I was in agony for two years. I never wanted to run for politics. It wasn't my career path or choice. See, my personality is, is I run from stuff like that as much as I can, and I, because I don't want to do it. I'm just being honest. But what I do want to do is serve God. And he knows that, and he doesn't leave me alone until I finally surrender. That's kind of how my journey goes. <laughs> but I said all that just to say, it's, if, we're gonna, if we're going to determine whether God says something on how it makes us feel, oh, we are set up to be misled. Big, big time. Yeah, big, big time. Into Purim? Yeah. Oh, Esther was so peaceful about that decision and choice. Come on. <laughs> Just tiny peace, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. See, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
Yes. That's when it's just like agonizing and it's not fun. And Jesus experienced that right in the garden before. It, yeah, I, I'm going to get to you. Uh, one more thing before I lose it. I'm sorry about peace. Peace is, and, and this is true with everything with the Lord. There's emotions attached to it, but the emotion isn't it. So when you have peace that passes all understanding, that's a state of being. You can have turmoil and chaos everywhere and your life be upside down, but internally that state of being, you are in peace of reconciliation with the Lord. You are with the Lord, even though everything's chaotic. And, and because, and this is, this is where I really want to hammer on where we're going, and it's taken me weeks and weeks to even get there with the emotion, with the soul, because if we don't have our soul coming in alignment, then we are, we are open and vulnerable to be led by these emotions. Pandemic, oh my God, get a mask on, get a shot, close the doors, put your head under the bed. Yeah, the fear, the fear and the emotion takes part of, takes place instead of, Lord, what are you, what are you saying right here? Where, what do you? Yes, sir. Exactly. Sometimes you have trauma you have to tell them or fight them. Right. But yep. You have to claim one of them as a victim. Absolutely. Yeah, and this, yeah, that's another, exactly, another pet peevish thing. Because our, our true example in life is Jesus. Not any other Christian, not nobody else. It's Jesus. So how did he handle and every, you know, one of the things a lot of people don't understand because, and I've heard this, I've heard it from pastors, well, Jesus didn't get involved in politics. Look, every time Jesus, yeah, every time Jesus talked to a Pharisee, he was involved in politics because Pharisees and the Sadducees too, but the Pharisees specifically were the government of Israel. They were subservient to Rome, but they were the government. They were, they were both the religious leaders and the governmental leader. It was the Pharisees that arrested Jesus. They went and got the Romans to do it because they had to, Romans were the only ones that could crucify them, and that's what they wanted. They, Jesus was thrown in an in a Israeli jail under the, the high priest's house. It was, so how, how, how did Jesus turn the other cheek in certain situations? And, and here, and I always go back to this. Yeah, he did, call, he did call names. He had a lot of harsh things to say. He went into the temple twice, you know, and threw tables over. He was pretty active. And, but, but here's the main thing with Jesus, and Jesus said it himself. I only say what I hear the Father say, and I only do what I see him do. And that's where we have to be. We have to be 
able to hear what God is saying in every situation. Because there would be a situation, you know, peace is a weapon. Our silence is a weapon sometimes. You know, when Jesus was being, was being questioned just before and he kept his mouth shut, the enemy has not, they don't have an answer for silence. We have to understand when it's time to talk, what to say, and when it's time to just be quiet. Because our, our quietness, our silence is a weapon. We have to know that. And that peace that we carry is a weapon. And the enemy, ha- that's what frustrates the enemy because he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do with that. See, when you start opening your mouth and getting into an argument, oh, yeah, he knows what to do with that. So Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say, and I only do what I see him doing. So does it mean, and what, what Christians have done and ministers have done is they've taken certain scriptures and they've applied it to every situation. And it was never meant to apply to every single situation. Because if it is, then it becomes a formula. And if it becomes a formula and a ritual, what do you need God for? What do you need the Holy Spirit for? Just follow the pattern. So there'll be time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, he had very harsh words for those who should know better. The Pharisees and Sadducees. They're the ones that, were, that had the word, that were required to teach it, preach it, and live it as an example. They should have known better. But the people that didn't, the poor, the poor in spirit, he was very kind and very gentle, very loving. But see, we, we focused on that and think we need to be that with everybody. No, we need to be what God's telling us to be in any given moment. It's just like Matthew 18. Matthew 18 talks about the ecclesia again, but it talks about sin in, in the congregation. Well, let's just say Sandy's in sin and, and, and Cherie's in sin. And they're both, let's just even say they're both apart from each other, doing the same sin. When you have a formula mentality, you treat them both the exact same. And you render judgment the exact same. Because what? That's fair. But how many of you parents do that with your kids? No, because you know one thing's going to work for one child, but it isn't going to work for the other one. So you have to hear, it says, when two or three come together, I'll be there in your midst. He's talking about with this particular situation of sin, if the leadership would come together, I'll be there to tell you what to do and how to handle this individual. Why? Because she's an individual and she's an individual. And I've had God tell me certain times, this person, I don't want you to say a word to them. Let them alone. And I've done it. People don't understand that. And then I've had other times people say, this one, you need to jump on it right now. Only God knows the best strategy and the best, not for the whole congregation only, but for their healing. And so when we we formulize everything, then we treat everybody the same way. And God doesn't do that with us. Why do we do that with, well, it's easier to follow formulas than it is to hear the Holy Spirit. It's easier. Everybody wants to know, give me the formula, give me the steps. Here's the step. Get along with God, know him, develop a relationship with him, know his voice, and then obey it, okay? Now get out and go home and do it. 
Love you guys. So appreciate you. So glad to be part of a group of people that love the Lord and that are going to stand for truth regardless. Amen. Father, I ask that you just bless them, Father God physically, spiritually, and in their soul, that, Father, all of it would come into alignment, their very being would come into alignment with you, that, they, that we together have the mind of Christ, not alone, but we together. May they be whole and healthy in mind, in spirit, and in body. May they walk in full healing in their physical body, Lord God. For these days that we are living and the days that are coming, may every need be supplied. Oh, Lord, thank you that everything we need is already available for us in the kingdom of God. We've, we've read about your miracles, Lord. You've made food come down from heaven. You've, you've had birds bring stuff to people. You can do just whatever you want to do. You are not bound by any natural laws, by what is on the shelf at the grocery store or what gas is in the pump. You can make our cars run on air or water. You can do amazing things, Father, and we're going to trust you every day, every moment of the day, and not in our own talents, not in our own abilities, not in our own bank accounts or our own money, but only by you, Father, and what you're saying. We love you. We are so grateful to be your kids. Wow. We got the best daddy ever. Amen. Amen.